0: hey guys it's mike i'm back again with another podcast for the poor man fancy football league and with me today i got our friend josh aka the multi-beast and
1: we are doing the nfc east divisional review so josh what's going on in your world not much happy to be back uh having a Busy but fun summer. Uh, Slick and I actually just got together last weekend, uh, uh, his place in New York, uh, watched some horse racing at the Saratoga Racetrack and got our families uh, out on the water, swimming, kayaking, all that good stuff. So good things. Right on. When, uh, when you guys get together, how much football do you end up talking about? Uh, we try to we, we, we try to take it easy, but uh, especially in, in front of the wives. But when yeah. when we're one on one, it moves there pretty quick. Yeah,
0: I, I feel you on that one. The uh, the wives definitely don't
1: appreciate football nope. talk or sure don't.
0: anything nerdy related. That's not typical husbandry in front of the wives. So yeah, well, that's, that's that's good. Exactly. Okay, so here we are with the NFC East divisional review. We've got the Washington soon-to-be-renamed team, mm-hmm. which we'll get to in a second. We've got the New York Giants. We have the Dallas Cowboys, America's team, and the Philadelphia Eagles, the team that I have grown to not love over the last couple of years. I'm not sure exactly why. I can't put my finger on it, but I've just I've fallen out of love. With the Philadelphia Eagles, and maybe their four eleven and one record has something to do with it. And considering that Washington barely won this division with seven and nine, it's a uh, it's a wasteland of quality football. There's some solid defenses in here. Injuries obviously really hurt Dallas because I thought for sure they were going to be the dominant team in this division. But there are some fantasy studs. So, what's your overall takeaway from this division as of right now? Before we get into our our picks of what we think, who's going to win and what the scores are going to be?
1: Yeah. So, you know, as I start to dig in here, um, I emerged kind of hopeful. I um, feel like it's been a while um, since we had a, a really good um, good season from one of these teams. Uh, obviously, Washington won it with seven wins last year. I yeah. I think there's a shot we have three winning teams here. You know, I, I don't think it's going to be the best division. Uh, but if things break right, I could see a big improvement here. I, I do think Dallas um, has a lot of good things going. They should take uh, take uh, their place at the top of division. Uh, but I could see it tight between Washington and the Giants. Um, I'm, I'm a little... Um, I'm not feeling Philly either. You know, I I see them being one of the having a tough season, uh, one of the tougher ones in the NFL this year. Uh, Agreed. Um, Well, let's let's jump into it. Uh,
0: Right now, I've got my my picks for this division. I had Dallas, Washington, Philly, and the New York Giants. That was my ranking. I'm not really sure what I was thinking when I put this in here because I'm thinking I might have done a typo. I meant the New York Giants and then Philly. Uh, last place. But I'm not as hopeful about New York. I think that last place spot isn't locked in for Philly. Uh, New York has some serious questions, even though they acquired my boy Kenny G. Mm. Um, I, I don't think Juan is going to come back and be dominant right out of the gate. I think he's going to be a bit of a slow starter. He had a pretty good injury, and I hope they don't ride him into the ground. I hope they ease him back in. And I don't think Daniel Jones is going to be the is going to take a huge leap forward to make them super competitive, but their defense was solid last year. Like their defense carried them. Like this to me, this is a division who really stepped up their their defensive play overall. Washington and the New York uh, Giants; those are those are defenses to
1: watch. Yeah, which is why I think you know maybe maybe Dallas doesn't run away with this thing. Maybe they they kind of hang. Thanks to those defenses, and uh, Dallas doesn't have a good D. So, yeah, it should be interesting. So, what do you, who do you got? I I definitely have Dallas. Um, I think they're going to be one of the, one of the better, uh, one of the best uh, teams out of the NFC this year. So, put me down for 12 or 13 wins for them, uh, which would be a pretty huge step forward considering what this division's been giving us. And then I probably have Washington. And the Giants, um, you know, 10-9 wins. Um, I think Philly's really going to be way behind. Um, but, you know, hey, maybe maybe Washington gets back to the playoffs. Um, it's possible. I,
0: I think the, the Dallas offense is what carries their team, right? With, without Dak, we saw them go 6-10. and 10, And that seems about right for a team that had great weapons, but didn't have a quarterback to lead them. So if Dak is back, I think 12 to 13 wins is on par. I think even if they have a shoddy defense, Dak and company are more than capable to carry this team uh, with the offensive firepower they have. Washington, on the other hand, that's to me, that's the dark horse of winning the division again. Yep. Their defense allowed them to go seven and nine. And if if for whatever reason, Ryan Fitzpatrick finds his magic again as a one-year starter in Washington uh, with the quality of weapons that they've been building, in, and we'll get to them here shortly talk about their team, uh, I think that's a team, 10 wins, I think easily done for them. Can they get more than 10? Well, that's going to come come down to the wire. Like That's going to be the question. I think Washington's due for 10 wins. I think they're really going to step things up this year. New York, like I said, like I think they're going to be near the bottom of this uh, this particular division with, with Philly. They'll get some wins here and there. Uh, I don't know. I'm just not hopeful that or optimistic that they'll find their identity and their cohesion and they play the way we want them to play to win games. There will be fantasy assets, though. That's for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think that's right.
0: Well, moving right along, let's talk about that Washington football team. We, we just talked, or just mentioned that Ryan Fitzpatrick is their quarterback. If he finds that magic, which he has shown to be able to do in significant spurts, this is a team who I think has got enough um, offensive weapons, Terry McLaren, uh, now Curtis Samuel, Logan Thomas in, in specific spots, uh, with Antonio Gibson rising, uh, J.D. McKissick being a pass-catching phenomenon, like that's like there's there's a lot
1: they can do here with Ryan Fitzpatrick throwing the ball. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think everyone loves to root for Fitzpatrick. I think it's you know a promising thing for this offense. You know, uh, should be an uptick in number of these guys, but. Uh, not to be a downer, I I wonder if it's you know the end is near here. Uh, you know he didn't look as good last year, and I I, I just I can't help but wonder. You know this was a a really great elite defense. You know could be a playoff team again. I just don't know how patient they're going to be with his gunslinging and interceptions. Uh, if they're trying to compete for the division. So uh, I actually I. I I would really watch Taylor Heineke. Like I, yeah, I'm I'm trying to uh, pick up a superflex league, and that'll be a target for me. Like he he was great in the couple starts he got. Um, you know, I, I think there's a real good chance that uh, uh, he could he could take that job at some point in the year. I it's definitely possible. Uh, Ryan
0: Fitzpatrick. I don't know when the last time he played a full season as a starter. And, and he was doing well in Miami when Miami said, "Hey, we don't want to be winning this many games and going to the playoffs. Like we're not built for that just yet. So let's uh, let's let's switch gears here That's and right. put uh, Young Tua in and see what happens. That's right. Um, so I think I would love to see a bit of a uh, flash in the pan for Fitzpatrick. And if they're going to ride him out, let him let him play. It'd be let, fun. Let let them go. Let him go where he's going to go and see what happens. And if he If he F's up, he has a couple uh, bad games or even just one bad game. I can totally see them switching over to Taylor Heineke. He had a great playoff match for them. He wasn't terrible. Um, Being put into that position, that level of stress, like you're really being thrown into the fire. And he, to me, he rose to the challenge. As a guy I've never heard of before. Now we know his name and he's not, I, I own him actually in a deep, um, uh, two quarterback league. Uh, he's definitely going to be a guy I wanted on my bench. I grabbed him uh, in the late rounds, thinking, you know what, anything is possible. Don't know how they were going to draft. I thought they might have done something more than Ryan Fitzpatrick, but you know now he's he's a viable
1: backup. So, yeah, oh, I think so with that running ability. I think you're right. So many teams are investing into that running
0: quarterback. the The league is definitely pushing pushing that narrative and not just being a pass heavy you got to be a multifaceted athlete on the field you got to be able to run you got to pass you got to be able to read you got to be able to manage the ball and control it can't turn it over what what they're asking for out of these uh, these players that quarterback is incredible and for some reason it seems like the the quality of quarterback is improving year over year the depth of what's coming out of the college system into the NFL is absolutely outstanding. It's exciting. It is exciting. When you you look at the quarterback market for a while there, it was kind of like the tight end market. There was only a couple elite quarterbacks. And then the game changed slowly. Um, For me, it was RG three, right. When RG three like broke out and that was had his massive fantasy year. It was like, okay, well that's it. Like you get a running quarterback that does what he does. And you've got something that nobody else has. And now you've got, well, you can name 10. I can name 10 quarterbacks that are running capable, if not running focused, but have the ability to pass and manage the team and check defenses and just, like, intelligent athletes that are just fully capable
1: of running their team. Yeah, the rest of the division, all those QBs can run. It's, um...
0: It's good for football. It's good for
1: fantasy. Agreed.
0: So on, um, on the Washington
1: football team, who's your, who's your big standout? Who do, you, who do you love the most on this team? I'm a Gibson guy. Um, yeah? A lot to like there. I think he could be, a, a you know, an Eckler-like uh, fantasy stud. Um, I, I do wonder if we'll get the huge jump up in uh, receptions like we want to see. I think I think McKissickle will, will still eat into that, and obviously, um, you know, you're going to have uh, less targets anyways. Going from Alex Smith, who just peppers his running backs and tight ends, to to Fitzpatrick, so a change happening there, and and the the wide receivers are really interesting. You know, you would think McLaurin gets the boost with Fitzpatrick. Yeah, I would agree. I, I wonder if he's a little overrated at dynasty just you know given long-term uncertainty at qb um i'm not a huge curtis samuel guy you know one of these athletes that adds a lot to the team but doesn't really pay the fantasy bills um so i think he'll be a value if you're in a
0: redraft redraft league i think curtis samuel will be a solid wide receiver to solid flex i don't think he's i don't i wouldn't put him as my one number one i wouldn't draft him like to be that uh, if he's going uh, late, like eight, eighth round, I think, eighth, ninth round, perfect. To me, like, that's a guy I'm going to put in my flex, put in my second wide receiver slot, and be abs- absolutely comfortable uh, in that position. I do think Terry McLaren's top 15 this year. Um, JD McKissick is probably going to feast pretty good with, uh, with Fitzpatrick. The way they've, they've been flexing him out uh, as a receiver at times, I think he's just going to remain that receiving option. Yeah. How I, about, I, how about McLaurin? Hoping-
1: is he top fifteen too? Yo, oh, sorry. I meant Terry McLaurin is top fifteen. That makes. I, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: Curtis Samuel. He's he's a low end wide receiver. too. solid flex play for me. Um, I'm not. That's- I'm not super trusting him and Fitz to hit it off but I know he's going to a team with a coach that really liked him when they were in, uh, uh, in Carolina. Yep. And he showed that he can, he can carry the ball, right? He can be a solid target. Now I don't think he can carry a team as the only target, but in a situation where you've got a number one in Terry Curtis is going to be a solid number two on that team. If Logan Thomas disappears off the charts as a, as a, as a non-threat in target share, then yeah, it's Terry Curtis, then
1: Janie McKissick, then Antonio Gibson. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's right. You know, I, I do think, uh, I know you're the Logan, but you gotta be a little nervous without Alex Smith there. Um, you know, he looked really good last year. I don't think he, sure. hurt, but I, I think that totally was situation. Disappeared. It was
0: situation. They didn't really have right. anyone else to pass the ball to. That's right. So that's why he rose up and became relevant. Now, they did extend him, which is nice, so that means they're going to invest into him a little bit, but I don't know if he's going to have the, the target share or even the target volume to be relevant this year in football. I don't think Ryan Fitzpatrick has historically shown no. that he likes the tight end position. So he hasn't, yeah. Yeah, I'll wait to see who the quarterback is next year. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. Speaking of tight ends, the rookies. We've got two that they've drafted that are fantasy relevant or could be fantasy relevant. In the third round, they had Diami Brown. And then in the fourth round, they took tight
1: end John Bates. Do you know anything about these two? Uh, Diami Brown was a target of mine. I, I thought um, I thought Andrew just made a great ticket. Uh I think it was 3.07. Uh, he, he got... Um, you got Diami, you know, he's just really productive at North Carolina, you know, downfield guy, you know, fast. Um, I think he could fit in really nicely here, you know, pro- Not probably not year one, uh, but I thought that was a, a really solid pick.
0: Yeah, I don't know much about Diami Brown. He wasn't a guy that I was watching in some other drafts. I started him to started seeing him creep up a little bit. And that's when I started to take notice of like, well, who is this guy? Like, I don't know. I I have my board set. I know who I like. I know who I trust. So hopefully this kid, it's a third round pick to me. That's the cutoff. If you're taken in the third round, you have a good chance of getting some playing time. You're going to get your opportunity to prove yourself. And the third round is probably going to be year two. That's, that's your, your cutoff line. If by year two, you haven't made the roster, um, like you haven't moved up the depth chart you're probably not going to.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: And John Bates, I think that's probably safe to assume we can skip over
1: over John Bates. Yeah, honestly there's some other rookie tight ends that weren't uh, still aren't rostered by our league that I'm probably more interested in. I I don't yeah. see it there.
0: All right. Uh, so, any other comments or notes about the Washington football team?
1: Maybe a guess on what their name could be? <laughs> I was thinking about that coming into this call. I, I don't tend to follow those kind of stories, so I don't even know what's being thrown around out there. It'll me neither. Be- uh, to me, it's an, it's an absolute mystery. Yeah. Nothing. I got.
0: I can't even wager a guess. With the, the Cleveland Indians recently changing their name to the Cleveland Guardians, I think it's yeah. an interesting selection. Haven't read the story on that or the history of why they chose that name. Um, our My own home team here in the CFL, the Edmonton Eskimos have changed their names to the Edmonton Elks. Kind of a, uh, that way they can maintain their, their, their double E logo. Um, so they're making a massive uh, media campaign here uh, with the changeover. Uh, they repainted the field. So it's, the teams that have those indigenous-esque names are making some significant changes. And it's really curious to see how teams are going to pivot. It looks like the the Indians or the Cleveland guardians, sorry, they, they kept the same colors. The logo is relatively similar. Uh, The Edmonton Elks kept the same colors. They kept the, their their helmet logo, which is this, these two E's kind of intertwined. Um, But the, Actual image of the elk itself is new and Kind of, it's actually pretty nice. I like it. So I'm curious what the Washington football team because they made the announcement that the new new name is coming next year,
1: and they're keeping their colors. We're we're not going to find out this year.
0: No, <laughs> they're they're waiting till next season. Wow. So yeah. they know it. It's selected, but they won't announce it till till next year. No, I'm sure some internet sleuth is going to go and find out what domain domain names have been registered. And, right um, what's been taken somewhere it's going to leak before or in advance
1: thereof and it's going to someone's going to find out
0: we'll, we'll hear about it soon
1: yeah i mean i don't know maybe it's one more year of selling a uh, football team merchandise i don't know
0: <laughs> yeah that's it they want to clean out their warehouses first <laughs> and, then, and
1: then make the switch that's right
0: all right. Well, here we go. We're moving on to the New York Giants. They finished the season six and ten. And if I remember correctly, they needed. What was it? There it was like it was, they were going to win this division, but somebody else had had to win or lose. in like the game game 17 of last year and it didn't break their way. So they they took second
1: in the division, which tells you a lot about this division last year. And uh, and as a PATH fan, you know, that has some uh, still some hard feelings about the team. They're they're the New Jersey Giants. To all my uh, all my friends that are fans, just kind of get that little dig in. Ooh, the New
0: Jersey Giants.
1: Yeah, and Jersey's not usually a, a name people love, is it? Yeah, it's just uh, it's it's a funny thing that you know neither the Jets or the Giants actually play in New York. Oh, really? No, no, they're in the Meadowlands, which is New Jersey. But they just keep the name.
0: They do. Bigger market. Bigger market. Okay. Well, Daniel Jones, uh, I'm not high on him. I don't see him as being a long-term quarterback. I thought last year he was his year and he was going to make the change and make a big leap, and it didn't happen. He had relatively the exact same numbers as the year before. So I I don't know if he's a long-term solution for this team which ultimately hurts hurts them um, and their fantasy value.
1: What are your thoughts on Daniel Jones? Yeah, yeah. So I, I do find this a tough team to read. Um, on paper, looks pretty good, you know. Uh, they, yeah. They brought in some more quality guys in the offseason. Uh, and I see a real sense of urgency here. You know, you've got uh, Jason Garrett you know crash the offense again no big surprise um uh, Gettleman's constantly under fire Daniel Jones is on the hot seat so you know they they really are I I think feel some pressure to to put some wins together here um and I, I guess I'm I'm slightly more hopeful on Daniel Jones um you know maybe maybe more fantasy wise with the running ability but you know, with, with all these skill position players, I, I could see it this year. I think it's possible. Still. Yeah.
0: Uh, I, there's some quality talent here. I'm looking at the names, and their names that I like. Saquon Barkley. Okay, to me, when healthy, even with a shitty team, that's a top three running back. Like, that's a guy who, who's a quality running back. You're looking at the receivers. Now that they've got uh, Darius Slayton, Kenny Galladay, and Sterling Shepard, it's funny to me that, they swapped out Golden Tate for Kenny Galladay. They just love their Lions wide receivers, mm-hmm. but that's not a terrible lineup. Like that's that to me, that that's a respectable wide receiving core. And then you got Evan Ingram, and now Kyle Rudolph as your tight ends. It's like okay, those those were t- uh, fantasy relevant tight ends. They're not they're not nobodies. So again, on paper they look great. I just. I don't know who I trust with the volume that Daniel Jones has thrown passes, uh, what, 3,000 yards, not even 3,000 yards last year, um, and 12 touchdowns total. Yeah, That's that's not a lot to work with. That's like Lamar Jackson numbers. Yeah. But at least Lamar Jackson put up 1,000 yards and 10 rushing touchdowns.
1: I think, I think Galladay could make a really big difference here. You know, all, they they really needed size, you know, which he, which he provides. Oh yeah. Um, you know, I think uh, in the fantasy community, it feels like people are more down on him. It's always a little scary when a wide receiver is changing teams in that first year. Uh, but we saw what Diggs did last year. I mean, who knows with Galladay, like, you know, now that you have um, a wide, you know, kind of a, alpha wide receiver one which i think he is like don't forget how great he was
0: yeah
1: um and now everyone you know gets moved down a slot you know i think i think shepherd um should be in the slot i like him probably a little more than slayton uh we'll talk about tony the rookie coming in and uh ingram you know he he gets a ton of volume but i i don't know that he's he's great um you know, Rudolph is a real red zone threat. So, you know, you start adding all these things together. Um, they they really uh, should be scoring some more points this year. I think they'll be effective in the red zone if they can mm. get to the red zone. Yeah. If
0: you're within 20 yards, you've got Saquon Barkley, you've got Kenny Galladay, and you've got Kyle Rudolph, who I'd probably trust more than Evan Ingram. He's had an issue with, like, stone hands at times. Yes. But case that's three reliable weapons that you can turn to to score a touchdown that's great i think if if they can get into that zone sure there's going to be touchdowns to be had the problem is i don't know that Daniel jones is going to drive
1: the field and get them there yeah so for me the the real question here is saquon yeah does he stay on the field if he does yeah i think this offense move. you know i think if we get a sixteen seventeen game from Saquon, I, I think it's going to be historic. You know, uh, okay. I, I, I gotta say, overall, um, I'm I'm more down on him. You know, I'm I'm not liking this career trajectory here uh, with all these injuries. I'm I'm very concerned about how many full seasons we'll ever get from him. But hey, if this is the one, you know they 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 could uh, they could jump up. If he plays an entire season, okay,
0: I can totally get on board with them having 10 wins or battling for for the division lead. You run this team through Saquon. You have an offensive line that's going to set you up to allow you to run the Saquon. It's going to allow Daniel Jones time to make those plays to pass that ball and get it into his receiver's hands. And now you're going to take some pressure off the Saquon. If they can establish that run game and he stays healthy, yeah, this is a team that's going to be extremely dangerous. But I just don't trust that he can stay healthy for an entire 17-game season now. I'll give you 10 games. What do you think? Over or under, he plays more than 10 or less than 10?
1: Under, yeah. Under, yeah,
0: right? So now you're looking at Devontae Booker as the backup. Uh, to Juan, and I, I don't see him being able to carry that workload, and that's where you're going to have some
1: questionable close matches that they're probably going to be on the losing side of. Yeah. No, I think that's the most likely scenario. I think you're right. So, yeah. That said, I did draft Kadarius Tony in the
0: second round, ahead of even Oman St. Brown, who went right after him uh, for my beloved Lions. It was just hard looking at this kid who i didn't pay that close attention to but he was drafted in the first round and for us he fell to the middle of the second in our rookie drafts and that's why i selected him where i did it's like hey you have a lot of draft capital invested in you your team isn't great i don't have high hopes for you but man i'll take a shot on that draft capital and and see if the
1: talent really comes along with it yeah yeah i mean you know uh, i think you got him at 206 so um I think that's a fair bet. You, you know, you got to worry about Jason Garrett. Are really going to know how to use this guy? But um, you know, got to think he's going to get the opportunities. Uh, and he just
0: got off the COVID list, so he wasn't on there very long. So obviously, he didn't have it. He was obviously an exposure uh, or proximity person uh, to someone who did. So that's good news that he's going to be able to to get into training camp. Yeah, definitely. All right, so on this team, outside of san Juan, because I think that's like a no brainer, that's the guy to have off of this team. Who's your Who's your diamond in the rough? Who would you take on this team if you if you had a chance?
1: I'll be interested to see where Galladay ends up going in redraft. I'll I'll keep an eye on him, um, mm-hmm. but I, I'd say uh, Sterling Shepherd late. Yeah, I think Galladay is going um, early fifth round. Yeah, that's really interesting to me.
0: That is too like to me like that's that's hard to pass up because if you go running back running back yeah or even if you go rent uh, running back tight end and then you went wide receiver or running back then you could still grab a decent wide receiver and end up with with Kenny Galladay like that's not
1: bad like if
0: he's your oh. wide receiver too
1: heck even if he's your uh, one of your flex plays that's I'd be thrilled with him wide receiver too exactly yeah like that's. I think he's
0: never been a volume guy, but he's been, hey, I'll I'll get ninety yards and I'll have twelve
1: touchdowns by the end of the season. So And again, and Ingram hasn't gotten it done in the red zone. I mean, Galladay could be in for a big touchdown season here. Well that's that's his MO, right? Yeah. He's he's down there, he'll get the twenty yard pass, he's a big body, he'll work yep.
0: work for it. That's why everyone called him Minitron yeah. out in Detroit. So yeah. which I, I understand he didn't like. He didn't like that name Minitron. Uh, big shoes to fill there. Yeah, yeah, that is. <laughs> All right. Uh Dallas Cowboys. A team that I know grown go.
1: This oh, one I'm excited
0: about. You're excited about this one? I am. I I I really like what Dallas has built. The some of the moves they've made over the years when they traded for Amari Cooper, I thought, like, what a bonehead move. Like that guy's a useless teat. Get rid of like why would you send a first round draft pick for Amari Cooper? Well, prove me wrong. Mari Cooper actually happened to be a bit more stable, fairly reliable, and a quality receiver. Who knew? Obviously, they did. Yeah, and they haven't really missed on the players that they've put in their skill positions, right? What did they draft? Dak Prescott in the fourth round. I think that's right. That's uh, where he went, and now he's he's a top five when healthy uh, wide receiver or uh, quarterback. Zeke, obviously a uh, significantly successful running back. Tony Pollard, man, that's a that's that's a backup running back you need to own. Amari Cooper, C. Lamb. Now they got Michael Gallup, which is just like I think Michael Gallup's probably a more talented receiver than he's getting credit for because he's hot he's been hiding behind the other guys. Yeah. So and then everyone thought, uh, at least the the fantasy analysts out there in the world who get paid to do this. Uh, they thought Blake Jarwin was going to break out last year, but he, he ended up being a boss with his injury. But Dalton Schultz stepped up and filled those boots pretty
1: good. So yes, this, this tell is me a, your story, man. What are you loving? What are you hating? Yeah, this is a team I, I was really targeting, trying to invest in the off Um I've, I've gone after uh, Gallup and Pollard in the past. And then this year I brought in um, – Dak and jarwin you know it's just a, a, a obviously a good young offense um you know it's it's got that fantasy recipe with a bad d you know weak division i, I think points are going to be scored here yeah these guys all all trending in the right direction yeah my you, my biggest question think about- on this Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. You, you you know, you think about what Kansas city did a few years ago, you know, you're trying to find those just really ascending young offenses. And, and this is the one I want to bet on next.
0: So here's an interesting story. Uh, Donnie did a very unique redraft league where you drafted two full uh, NFL teams. So how it worked is it was a two-man roster where you just drafted the quarterback. When you drafted the quarterback, you ended up with all of the other players on that team. Hmm. And I had the second overall pick. Yeah, I had the second overall pick. And I'm thinking in my head, I'm going Dallas Cowboys number two, right? I'm I'm totally thinking first pick overall is going to be the uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. Well, I was wrong. The first pick overall was the Dallas Cowboys. Huh. And I was like, Wow, that's surprising. So I I, I take I take the Chiefs. Knowing full well that the second team is gonna be like my second team is gonna be the Chicago Bears or Right. Like, yeah, it was gonna be absolute crap. And I forget. Um I think I actually ended up with the Chicago Bears. And they did have like David Montgomery, um, Alan Rob they actually did Fairly good. I ended up winning that whole thing. Wow. Um, granted, on the back of, but the guy who came in like like right next, that was like chasing my heels at least for a little while. The guy who drafted Dallas Cowboys, like when you look at their team, they have as much depth as as the Chiefs, and it made them like, all right, you got Dak Prescott, Patrick Mahomes, okay, that's all right. I'd be happy with either one of those. You got Zeke. Versus Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I'd go Zeke,
1: personally. Agreed.
0: Uh, Tony Pollard versus Daryl Williams. Tony Pollard by like a landslide. Yep. You got Tyreek versus Amari. Okay. Uh, Tyreek over Amari, but like not by a lot. Hmm. But then you got CeeDee Lamb. And who's after that on the Chiefs? Nobody. Then you've got Michael Gallup. Well, there's no wide receiver three. Then you get the tight end Travis Kelsey. Well, that just blows everyone away. But Dalton Schultz wasn't wasn't a slouch. Like it, the depth of quality talent and the amount that they
1: all get targets is like almost unfathomable. Yeah. So, you know, when I had a chance to to get Dak, I was I was pretty delighted. You know, he uh, he's got the new contract. He's got all these weapons. Um, you know, even if the rushing takes a step back, I still think he'll get some goal line carries. Heck yeah. Uh, yeah. Dak Prescott, it, it,
0: top three quarterback, right? If it's not, if it, if Lamar doesn't run away with it, it's going to be Kyler Murray, the Dak Prescott, um, Patrick Mahomes.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'll buy
0: that. I could like see that's, with With Lamar probably coming in at fourth because he didn't get the, the passing yardage and touchdowns to keep pace.
1: I, I like Lamar this year. You know, he, he's probably in the top three for me with Dak and Mahomes. Um, but again, you know, for Dak, I think uh, the, he, he's still got to get some rushing production. If it scores or something uh, to be in that top three, I bet you Dak goes 600 yards, six touchdowns. I'd be thrilled, you know, coming off a leg injury. That wasn't what I was banking on, but you know, if, if, if he's getting four goal line scores, I think I think he's a top three QB. Oh, yeah. As long as he's on the field,
0: man, he's going to put up enough points to make anybody
1: happy that he has them,
0: and everyone facing him hate the fact that they're on the opposite side. Ooh. Yeah, he's not a quarterback that you want to see <laughs> uh, on. Yeah, your opponent to have. Yeah, and it's just he's a he's a dangerous QB, right? So for me, in, the, in that category, it's like it's Dak, it's Pat. It's Lamar, it's Josh Allen, it's Kyler
1: Murray. Pretty it, clear guys, have, yeah, pretty clear.
0: Yeah. So we we love all these guys. They're all pretty amazing. Um, who are you taking now? I'm going to give you carte blanche here because the choice to me, the choice is hard. Like who the one player you had to take off this team, put them on your roster. Who's it going to be? It's Ceedee Lamb. Ceedee Lamb is that because of, a, of the of the dynasty young? this is probably going to be a a top 10, maybe top five receiver down the road, or do you just love him for other aspects?
1: No, no, I think, I think that's it. So, you know, he he showed, um, you know, I thought really strong rookie year. He showed a connection with Dak right away. Um, You know, I, I think he and Cooper could be a really fantastic tandem where, you know, Cooper's the, you know the the X Lambs more the slot guy and really moving the chains. Um, you know I, I I think there's a path here where you know we're we're talking Lamb versus Jefferson as uh, the number one wide receiver asset in the, and and I think it could happen this year. Do you think we see Amari
0: Cooper and Ceedee Lamb take the spots of Tyler Lockett and DK
1: Metcalf? Okay, but, uh, you know, better passing offense. So. Better passing but, offense. So, right? But so, but so think about how D.K. Originally... Metcalf and
0: Tyler Lockett finished their years last year. Right.
1: right. They, yeah. they were
0: super hot at the beginning. They, they fell off a cliff at the last half of the season, but they still finished with elite rankings. Yeah. Now, can you imagine if these two have Dak Prescott for 17 games? Where do you think the two have won by the end
1: of the season? Are they yeah. both top 10? Um, One's at least top 10. I, I think there's a real chance they're both top 10. Like, I I don't love Amari. You know, he's always been very boom bust. but True, he's but he's stabilized from that. He, he, he has. That's just a, what I was about to say. And then and then you said Gallup being underrated. I totally agree. You know, I, I, I he's going to be a, a UDFA after this year. I wouldn't be surprised if Dallas tries to bring him back. Well...
0: Okay, here's here's my prediction. I think Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb make both make top 15. And Michael Gal but Michael Gallup is that dark horse that's going to screw one of them over because he's going to get just enough volume to be top 20 and knock one of them out of the top 15 spot, but all three of them end up top 20.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and and Cooper's got years left. So may- maybe this isn't quite the year for CeeDee. Um, if it's not this year, I think it's next year. You know, I think, um, I think he's the future. He is. Uh, I think the kid's got a great talent. I had him in another league, traded him away. Um, I remember how burned you were when I got him in the rookie redraft. We did.
0: Oh, that's right. I want to go back to that draft board and see what, what that looks like. (laughs) Yeah. It's just, I, I liked the kid. I liked his talent. Uh, Dallas Cowboys are an up-and-coming team, so anyone they put on their roster um, that has a chance of making a roster spot is going to be fantastic.
1: Yeah, and I'll I'll, uh, I'll call out Zeke, too. Uh, I think he set up for a nice year. You know, I think people really um, were a little burned on how bad he was when Dak got hurt, but... Uh, but he wasn't when, terrible. He
0: just wasn't no, Zeke, well, right? Like, he wasn't the Zeke that we knew or expected, but he was still...
1: He was still, uh, what is he top top twelve? Was he finished in, top ten? Interesting. So hang on. What what I like about him, and he started hot. So you're probably right. I, I did think he was bad uh, down the stretch, but um, you know he probably kind of mailed it in a bit. Um, and what I like is he's really catching passes these past few years. So. Yep you know in redraft you know if you could get zeke i don't know end of the second early third i think that's real nice i think what zeke's going um um early second is where he's going early second in yeah draft. and he finished number know. 9 last year i <laughs> do wonder if he'll slip into the late second so we'll see on that but we'll he
0: played see. a he played every
1: game last year right he did
0: he did right he only had he had 1 2 three, four, five games, five games under 10 points. Every other game, he averaged just over 15 points a game. Wow. Yeah, no, that's better than I remembered. You were right. Yeah. So that's like, but he didn't give you the, he had a couple games where he was 26 week one week five he was 23 and then never really hit that high upper echelon again, but was consistent and they had a couple like bust games, six points, five point six, seven point eight, seven point nine. Then he had the bye week, and then he came back from the bye week when he's like, you know what, f this shit, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to my old ways. He did eighteen, and then he had another game against Washington which he left early in. he only got one point four points, but he didn't, uh, yeah, he didn't play long. Yeah, to me, I think Zeke is probably gonna have a, a, a sneaky season. overlooked draft value.
1: Oh yeah. I have him easily top 10, maybe top five. I, you know, he will definitely be a target for me. And I, I think people are just kind of tired of his antics. So I think he could be in a value. There's that too. Yeah. Yeah. There's that too. Yeah.
0: Um, It's tough to put up with the ego um, for so long, but that to, to, to play at that level, you almost have to have that mentality, have that chip on your shoulder to have that ego. To play like that I, right. I can't think of too many athletes that don't if you're playing at that top tier where you're that top one percent there's something different about you and you you have to like live it
1: mm-hmm.
0: which is going to be interesting when we start talking about the philadelphia eagles Yeah, because hey, i don't see real
1: real quick you and i have the two tight ends in dallas do you have hopes for uh, Schultz this year? <laughs> yes, I have. just that's why that's why I haven't dropped him.
0: Yeah. He was relevant enough that I'm like, man, this is the guy. But with Blake Jarwin coming back, like, I don't know. Like, I was going to ask you earlier that same question. Like, Blake yeah.
1: Jarwin or Dalton Schultz? Oh, it's, it's only one. It's not it's, both. It's Jarwin for me. But I mean, Schultz—he <laughs> earned a role, right? Like he you did. Know, they, but I don't think he's a role
0: he can keep. I think well, the team uses one of them in the passing game and the other one goes
1: back to the blocking uh Lopes passing game. is a good blocker so he'll be on the field and maybe he ends up with another team so it's tough to roster too many tight ends but I don't blame you for trying to hold him.
0: yeah maybe maybe something will happen in camp maybe yeah. he'll get traded who knows yeah just, just I'm hoping on to a dream
1: here he was pretty
0: good last year he was he wasn't terrible no this is, this is a guy who, who had games right like um, I never started him not once uh, because i had i had other guys that i trusted ahead of him but you wanted to see was he gonna have that that breakout he finished as the tight end 11
1: did he really wow
0: yeah, yeah. He, he had did. he never hurt you like looking right. at at the scores week one he hurt you he got 1.6 but then he got 16 then he got six then he got 15 oh week five he had 1.1 1. 1. But then he was consistent, like, five for the rest of the season. Five points. Like, if you don't have a top-tier tight end, like, that's a guy who wasn't, like, he wasn't super hurting you at the position. And And the snap share that he played was, like, from week four on, he was 80%. 90, wow. Towards the end of the season, he was, like, 98% snap. And that's getting lots of playing time.
1: And that's why I'm excited about Jarwin. You know, if he could seize that role in that playing time, you know, he's, he's, he's an athletic guy. Um, You know, I, I have a youth movement going on with my team. So um, uh, I might end up playing Jarwin in the flex some weeks. Really? That's interesting. Well, like who knows if they,
0: I would say uh, by game by week four, You'll have an idea of who's who's going to be the pass catching tight end on this team. Definitely. They, even with the the carousel of quarterbacks, the targets, he was averaging four, ten, six, eight, three, five, five, four, eight, seven. So he's he's averaging five a minimum five per game, right? So if that's going to to Jarwin or to Arthur Schultz, man, that's it's not a bad hold.
1: No, I think that's right.
0: All right, well, I'm I have a bit of a too much love syndrome for tight ends. I carry way too many on my roster in every league I play in. I've got Logan Thomas, Dalton Schultz, Drew Sample, Dwayne Knox, Adam Troutman, and T.J. Hawkinson. So Mm. I have I if you need a tight end, you give me a holler. I'll let you I'll let you know what I'm willing to do for you.
1: (laughs) But but I heard Hawkinson's not for sale. That's the one.
0: yeah that's okay when i when i lost kenny g <laughs> to the giants i have all i have left is is tj hawkinson yeah I figured uh, deandre swift did nothing he uh or not DeAndre swift sorry carry on johnson um he flamed out
1: i tried well, that like Kittle for him and it was a non-starter <sighs>
0: i don't like Kittle's future oddly yeah. enough they're like weird best bros oh i didn't um, know huh. they have a commercial they did a barbecue commercial together uh charcoal king i think it is okay uh bris like the little uh bricks little yeah, black right. bricks charcoal bricks right yeah it's it's george kill's commercial but who's standing in the background flipping burgers tj hawkinson <laughs> funny it's just like you guys well it's kind of neat and weird um they went and bought matching matching like beach outfits <laughs> it's like yeah you gotta follow their instagram account it's just like you guys have a weird relationship but if TJ Hawkinson, if you if you can do what George Kill does, by all means, man. I'm all in for it. Yeah, you might. I just don't think George has has enough games played each year to be relevant. Yeah, it's a health question, sure. Yeah. All right. We uh we good to move to Philly? Ugh, I guess. Oh, I know, right? Like it's this one's gonna be a challenge. Was... I'm, I'm more interested in talking about the rookies than talking about the team. So let's let's blast through Jalen Hurts real quick. Do you do you think he's relevant? Uh top top is he a top 50% quarterback or bottom
1: 50%? Well, uh fantasy wise, definitely. I think he could potentially be a top 12 fantasy QB. Yeah. Uh, I and I like him. I, I wanted the Pats to draft him, but it doesn't sound like the team like the ownership likes him so it, you know. right like I, I, are you picking up that vibe too yeah i mean they're you know they're talking about Deshaun and um i don't know uh, it doesn't it sounds like he's even he's, uh, he's got a year here to really prove himself so that's that's it right i think that's this
0: poor kid he he's in philly like i'm looking at it when the the rookie draft was coming up and there was lots of talk that Philly was going to draft a quarterback. And it's like, well, I thought you guys were all hot and bothered with Jalen Hurts. It's like, okay, well, maybe they're not super sold on Jalen Hurts. And then he survived the, the rookie draft. They didn't draft a quarterback. It's like, okay, all right, well, Jalen Hurts, it is. I'm not super high on him. I'm not super hopeful, but like, okay, Jalen Hurts. And then the Deshaun Watson conversation came up and like, wow, you wouldn't be shopping for a quarterback if you didn't trust who you had. So, Man, if I'm Jalen Hurts, like I'm gonna, my feelings would be hurt.
1: Yeah. Playing yeah. silly. But again, that r- running ability, you know, he's, he he could be a real nice in redraft, a, a late QB, you know, much like a Lamar, um, you know, it has that potential, right? To, oh, to break out running with his legs. No question. Yeah. I just,
0: the rest of the team, how do you think they support him, right? You've got Miles Sanders, who was okay, but not great. Uh, Boston Scott, who I thought was a solid backup running back, agreed. And then they went and picked up a bunch of dead bodies. They picked up Kerryon Johnson. They brought back um, Jordan Howard. Um, man, they have a. To me, they have a, a a roster house of running backs that were thought of as something coming
1: and never were. This team, this team's a mess. Uh, it is. It, it is like. And and honestly, I think they're being overrated in fantasy. This is this is not going to be a big pie here. You know, Hertz is is not going to be airing it out all game. He's going to be running it. So uh, you know, he, guys like Dallas Goddard, you know, he's uh, I assume he's going. You know, top five, top six tight ends. Uh, I don't see it. You know, I, I think no. guys are being overrated. Zach uh, Wirtz. Zach Ertz is still
0: there for now. I read today that he he reported to training camp today. I can only imagine what it's like for for him and the team to have him in the locker room. Obviously, they they do not love one another, but he's there until further notice.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think he might just stay. I mean, who wants him? I thought for sure he was going to end up with uh, with the Colts. Go back to uh, Frank Reich. Right. He loves his tight ends.
0: Sure, and that's a team that's probably going to have a really good offense, right? So go to the Colts, be a solid tight end, catch six or seven touchdowns, get five hundred yards, and call it a quits, man. Like, be done. Don't don't hang out in Philly, an absolute wasteland. Because I like Dallas Goddard, um, I liked Miles Sanders, I still do. I just don't I, think I do. that they're going to work him into
1: the offense the way they
0: should work him into the offense.
1: Well, uh, the fact of the matter is, they they're always going to be a you know that's going to be a rotational backfield. They're going to have multiple yeah. involved, but you know, Sanders is interesting. Like think about how high we were on him like a year ago. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I could see it still. I think I traded for miles Sanders from Andrew. I think Andrew
0: saw the writing on the walls for Sanders is like, I'm getting out while the getting's good. Yeah. I picked him up and now it's just like, come on, man. Just like, oh. get going. Let me give you a little push. Go get me something
1: gainwell's a little
0: scary uh yeah i liked him uh he was one of the few running backs i actually had on my chart uh someone who i i was hoping would have ended up in a better situation because he is a true pass casting uh running back i think he's going to be like a danny whitehead kind of situation um it's gonna he's, he's good he's good he's not a terrible running back but you're in a, in a place with too many running backs yeah, so you, like Boston Scott. Like, why would you get Kenny Gainwell when you had Boston Scott? Is there something wrong? Is there something we don't know about Boston Scott? Have you soured your relationship with Boston Scott? That's why you had to go get Kenneth Gainwell.
1: Yeah, and why is Howard there? Why are we talking about carry On Johnson? Like, I mean, he's probably more likely to be out of the league than be drafted in fantasy next year. So it's it's a strange backfield.
0: It's so strange.
1: I'm hoping to get some clarity here by the end of
0: training camp, maybe even by some of the preseason games when they start paring the rosters down, that some of these guys are gonna have to be cut. They can't they can't all make the roster. Like for me, if I'm looking at this, I'm going Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, Kenneth Gainwell. And if I just need somebody extra, I'll keep carrying on Johnson. The rest of it, like cut and move on. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, wide receivers, let's let's talk there. Um, Jalen Rager was failed to launch, but then again, he didn't really have a shot to do great, but then Travis Fogum came out of nowhere and was super fast irrelevant for like seven weeks.
1: Yeah, yeah. Slick uh, threw some uh, shade my way uh, about how I'm constantly adding and dropping, uh, making lateral moves, but I, I'm really interested in Folgum you know, even this year I am I mean he he's the only guy with any size on this roster uh, you know he flashed last year so he did yep yeah. I'm very happy to stash him and just see if we have anything if if not I cut him but um, I'm not a ranger. I guess he's a buy low target. Um, I'm not buying Rager. I'm, not, I'm um, not investing that. I'm not gambling I, on that one because
0: I don't I, think the offense is good enough to make something happen. Exactly. That's the point. Yes. Yeah. yeah that's just not a, a candidate I'm willing to spend on. Um,
1: but, so how, Devon, but how do no, you not like Devontae? Exactly. So I, better, I do like Devonte Smith. He was the best
0: down. receiver in, in this draft. Yeah. And he went to the worst place he could have gone.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean – yeah. <laughs> I guess you're right. Uh hopefully things get better cuz he just looks like a winner. Um the the maybe the best comp I heard in um for the rookie draft was Devontae as Marvin Harrison and I like that a lot. You know, I I think he has that sort of upside. Well, I
0: I wish him all the best for any rookie that's drafted to a crappy team. Just with a crappy situation, the, the waters are super muddy. It's not clear. I would put Devontae Smith as the, the number one wide receiver on that team. If they don't force feed him the ball, they obviously don't get football on how to make this work. They don't have a receiver on there that I would trust outside of Travis Fulgham. Like, so if you've got Devontae Smith and Travis Fulgham as your wide receiver one, wide receiver two. Like, okay, you got Dallas Gardner. You have good, you have, those are three good pass catching options. Then you've got Miles Sanders and whoever you want to put in that passing down role. You've got options. Like, so again, this is a team uh, on paper. It looks, but I don't feel it. I just don't, I just got a bad feeling about this roster, the team, the coaching. I don't know if these guys have, oh, I don't know, I they're missing something. Something is just not clicking it's like they're trying to put tab a into slot c and they just skipped over b altogether and they're missing it.
1: Yeah, 100%. I'm totally with you on this one. So, hopefully next year the Jalen
0: Hurts project, this coaching staff project, whatever's going on, they flip, they turn. Jalen Hurts gets an opportunity somewhere else on the Patriots. Part uh, what?
1: On the Patriots? You think he goes Patriots? I love J. Oh I, I've, man, I've always wanted this guy. He's just a winner. I I like Hurts.
0: Well, what happens to Mac Jones? Because then Mac Mac Jones is going to be a big deal.
1: Yeah, it probably won't happen. But <laughs> the guy <can> okay, drink. <laughs> okay.
0: Well, I love the honesty.
1: <laughs> I have I have more hope.
0: My hopes are higher for Mac Jones than they are for Jalen Hurts. Yeah, I think Jalen Hurts needs a different team to utilize him. And I think his second shot will be will be where he makes his pay. Where he'll he'll have sure fantasy relevancy. I just don't think it's enough real football significance that he's gonna help this team enough. I think he'll he'll get picked up somewhere else because these guys won't utilize
1: him properly. Like, yeah. He'll get a second opportunity. Don't, oh totally. I think he's don't, got a yeah, bet against that, he, that guy. Yeah. Yeah. All right,
0: well, we're getting to the end of this particular podcast. It's the NFC East Divisional Review. Now I'm going to throw it to you. Pick your best draft starting lineup, your fantasy starting lineup. I need a QB, a running back, a wide receiver, a tight end,
1: and a flex. Who do you got? I'm tempted to sweep Cowboys here. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. Yeah, Dak. Yeah. Um... Uh, I'm supposed to say Saquon. I'm gonna say Gibson. Um, really?
0: That's that's yeah. surprising.
1: Yeah, I'll say CD. I'll say Jarwin and Flex Zeke or Barkley. Zeke or Barkley. I'll I'll, I'll go Barkley for the upside.
0: Yeah, that's. Oh, it's hard not not to uh, to copy what you just threw out there. Yeah. I don't think Gibson is better than Barkley or Zeke this year. Dak is hands down, the QB one. Uh running back, I will go Barkley. I'll be that guy. Yeah. Take the low hanging fruit. Yep. Uh wide receiver, I will pick uh Cooper. Yeah. I'll pick that... Cooper over yeah. over CD this year.
1: Yeah, I could see it.
0: Um to me it was it was either gonna be Cooper or Terry McLaurin. Uh, but I'm gonna go Cooper because as much as I disliked him the first couple of years and the roller coaster, that roller coaster has stabilized and has remained pretty high. Tight end, though, that's that's the one that's I want to pick. Maybe Goddard. I, I want to pick Goddard, but I, I don't want to because no. of that of that whole team. No. And I'm not picking Jarwin just because you own Jarwin. I own Schultz. I can't go that way. Ingram. That bridge, uh... Go yeah. Go, Go Goddard. I think Dallas Goddard is probably the safest bet. Yeah, and then my flex is going to be is probably you know what I'm going to go Terry in my flex. Oh, nice. Yeah, I think Terry in the flex spot outshines uh, outshines Zeke.
1: Uh, I mean, yeah, he could be a top ten guy. Sure, could be right. Like it's
0: when you're looking at guys who could finish the top ten of their position. Yeah, I think I think Terry has a good shot at doing it uh cd amari they have a shot at doing it zeke has a shot at doing it but yeah that's where that's where i'll do my my shock and awe i'll go terry McLaurin in my flex yeah nice call all right man well hey i appreciate you uh coming out tonight i know it's getting late where you are and you got to get up early you got a life to live you're enjoying your summer you're living your best covid life post-covid mm-hmm. life are we post-covid
1: where, where are we actually at in that whole cycle of things uh, not around here. We're not. Oh, you're not? Nah, I don't think so. It's trending. Uh, not great direction around here. Oh,
0: we're we're in a don't talk, don't tell <laughs> kind of scenario yeah. where we're going back to normal life. But in the yeah, there's still things going on that we're uh, we're just being cautious on. I know that business as citizens, we don't have to wear masks anymore. But if your employer asks you or makes it a requirement then you must wear your mask and i'm seeing just about every business that i go into everyone's still wearing masks so they're being very cautious which is nice to be honest with you that um, people are taking it still relatively serious even though there's there's those that uh, they haven't haven't picked up on it yet that that are still it's not real or whatever it is that their their heart truly believes but you know, there's people that are at least taking some, some, some element of safety uh, or precaution. So it's, it's still kind of nice. I'm hoping that this stays and trends just disappear and it's not something on the news we're reporting on every five minutes. We really can
1: just enjoy our, our summer, summer post COVID. We'll get there. I mean, last year at this time, we didn't think we were going to get any football. So
0: oh, true enough. Very true. Oh man. That was some scary, scary days. Um, not knowing how, what, how the NFL was going to handle it, what what was going to end up uh, coming of the season, the talks of how that would play out with television deals and rights and monies. It's just like, whew, these are not conversations I want to be hearing if there's going to be football. Yeah. Thankfully, there was, though. All right? It played out. Sure did. All right. Well, hey, man, uh, again, appreciate you. Appreciate your time, uh, your insight, your input, your feedback. So thank you very much for this. Always fun. And for the rest of you guys out there, be safe, have fun. And remember from one poor man to another, if it's not fun, it's not worth doing. Have a good night.